You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Thursday edition, and the 49ers really putting a stamp on the first week of the new league year, getting done almost as much as any 49ers fan could probably have hoped with keeping in-house free agents with the 49ers. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am your host, Brian Peacock. A big show today, a lot to talk about that's been happening over the last couple of days. Kwan Williams, the latest 49er, is signing a one-year deal staying in San Francisco. The 49ers also uh, getting a deal done, a one-year deal to keep Jordan Willis, the pass rusher, and that was announced pretty much minutes after the Kerry Hyder announcement that he would be leaving and going to the Seattle Seahawks three years, $16.5 million there. So the 49ers really, you know, a couple of mid-level free agents that they brought in from other teams, but it was all about how many of the guys they could bring back. And, you know, with Trent Williams and Jason Verrett and Juice and everybody they were able to bring back, I think they did as well as you could have hoped. So we'll get into those things. How are the 49ers doing in free agency? Who's in? Who's out? One more player that could be defecting to Seattle. And now that phase one of free agency is over, we can really get into the NFL draft. It is draft season. Knee deep into that stuff. Check out, by the way, my live mock draft on the Draft Network's YouTube feed with Trevor Sikama as I draft for the San Francisco 49ers. Some pro day numbers I want to get into. Maybe we have some separators now with the top corners in this class, as I think that is a position the 49ers will absolutely be looking at at pick 12 and some of your mailbag questions at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me and get those questions in. We might check in on some emails as well. Locked on 49ers at Gmail. Where to begin? Okay, let's start with a little roll call. And I think the 49ers have set themselves up so well with what they've been able to do so far in free agency, setting themselves up for the NFL draft, not to be pigeonholed into one exact Thing. They can go a number of directions here. I think there's still some clear needs on this team. This roster isn't perfect by any means right now. Um, this is a very Kyle Shanahan thing to say. <laughs> he loves saying it's not perfect by any means. Um, but here's so here's what the 49ers have done so far. And, and when you see the full picture and zoom out a little bit on what the roster looks like, I think it's as good as they could have done sitting here on March 25th. Trent Williams, six years, $138 million. That's a contract that become could become three years, $48 million. Uh, could become, you know, four years, five years pretty easily. I think it's very unlikely that, you know, at the age of 39, he's going to be pulling in $32 million from the 49ers in the sixth year of that contract. So when you look at how the deal is structured, you know, guaranteed for the short term, three years of it, um, but hopefully still playing at a high level to age 36, and then we'll reevaluate and see what that contract looks like. I will say the one downfall with Trent Williams is, and look, the 49ers have faced so many injuries recently He's only played 16 games, and he missed games last year. He's only played 16 games twice in his 10-year career. and He's missed one entire season sitting out, too. So um, he has seen some injuries, and the injury bug has bitten him, and he's missed some time, most of them not major, though. Uh, so hopefully that continues, and he plays at the level he has his entire career when he's on the field. The next most money for a 49ers free agent was Kerry Hyder, who got three years, $16.5 million to play in Seattle. And I don't blame him. He should have jumped on that deal. 
And I, I don't think the 49ers should have gone necessarily gone there with Kerry Hyder, seeing as what he's done through his career, his two best seasons coming with Chris Kucerich on the defensive line. I'd be surprised if he's able to put up the numbers he did last year with the Seahawks, who, by the way, just signed Carlos Dunlap as well to a two-year contract. So, you know, they like the bigger body defensive lineman there in Seattle. Kendrick Bourne, another player that, you know, God bless him. Go get your deal. I don't think the 49ers should have gone to three years, $15 million with the New England Patriots. Five mil per year for Kendrick Bourne. Glad he got paid, though. He deserved it. Alex Mack, Atlanta to San Francisco, his third time playing for Kyle Shanahan, a really important piece. He was the most obvious outside free agent that the 49ers were going to target this offseason. Just a perfect fit there. Three years, $14.85 million. That's just under $5 million per year. And then that could very easily become a one-year, basically $5.5 million contract. As well with the 49ers, we'll see, much, see how much the 36-year-old Alex Mack has in the tank, but still played some solid ball for Atlanta last year. Really, I mean, just solidify the middle of that offensive line. With most likely, at least today, before we go into the draft, Daniel Brunskill probably playing right guard, but in competition with some guys, including last year's fifth-rounder Colton McKivitz, and no doubt another rookie. Samson Abukam, $6 million per year on a two-year $12 million contract, giving him some coverage for D Ford. And by the way, D Ford has been running a little bit, and I, apparently he couldn't pass a physical yet, so that money he had guaranteed and all that, but he can still is expecting to be able to play possibly this year. I don't know, uh, doubtful still, but at least in my opinion, I have no idea. Not a doctor, I haven't seen him run. But it's interesting that he believes he could play but can't pass a physical on April 1st, even though he didn't play all last year. So definitely skepticism there with what D Ford is able to do with the 49ers, but he restructured his contract to help the team out a little bit. He's still getting all of his money, but just pushing some back so the 49ers had a little bit more room to work in 2021 and he'll be on the roster let's see if he's just you know up and inactive and on IR all year or if he actually is able to make an appearance and rush the passer a little bit and even if he's only able to go out there for 10 snaps a game on third downs and and try to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks that would provide some value for a player who's definitely locked in for one more season salary wise CJ Beathard goes to Jacksonville. He got two years, five million, two and a half per, and more on the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback situation. There was another curious one where a story came from ESPN about the 49ers potentially, and I'll get into more of it later, but potentially could be eyeing and making some moves and potentially trading for Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. Obviously, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence with the first pick in the draft. So, And then it was almost like the Hyder and the Jordan Willis thing. Right after I saw that story, C.J. Beathard signs as a backup quarterback in Jacksonville. Now, I think C.J. Beathard's a number three or number four quarterback, to be honest, so I don't think uh, he's necessarily the guy to back up um, uh, Trevor Lawrence there, so we'll see, but you know, you expect Trevor Lawrence would play from week one and then be the starter every day that he's healthy anyway. Akella Witherspoon going to Seattle, one year, four million. D.J. Jones coming back to San Francisco, one year, three and a half. Solomon Thomas going to Las Vegas, one year, $3.25 million contract. I was surprised they signed him so early. I'm not surprised that he got signed somewhere, but uh, you know, in his rehab with the torn ACL, I figured that would have gone later into the summer where he could actually be closer to being able to play before he signed somewhere. But apparently Las Vegas liked him, and they must have had a high grade on him in the draft. Tevin Coleman, one of the latest signings, he goes to the New York Jets, which is so interesting because he is 
of all the players we talked about, Kwan being the number one, and, and even Trent Williams, and I could have seen a number of free agents from the 49ers going and signing with the New York Jets. Of all of those players, it was Tevin Coleman that ends up being the one defector to follow Robert Sala to New York. I think the I, I don't think it's that Robert Sala wasn't trying to get guys to come over, didn't want guys to come over. I think it's more of a signal that Joe Douglas, the GM with the New York Jets, who hasn't been with the 49ers the last four years, right? He's in charge. He's in charge of that roster over there in New York. And I think that's pretty clear. Robert Sala can't just say, hey, I want this guy, I want this guy. Kind of like Kyle Shanahan's the top of the pyramid in San Francisco. Joe Douglas is the top of the pyramid for the roster. He's in charge of the roster. Robert Sala is in charge of coaching the team. I think that's what it signals more than anything else with a lack of 49ers in free agency going to the New York Jets. Tavon Wilson, strong safety from Indianapolis, 31-year-old coming over on a one-year, $1.125 million contract, and I'm sure that can um, be somebody who gets cut before training camp if he's, you know, if the bodies don't work out right, but that tells me that they're not completely sold or they have some plans with dime linebacker situations maybe with their strong safeties with Marcel Harris now and signing Jaquaski Tart and signing uh, Tavon Wilson. One-year contract for Kwan Williams. Don't know the details exactly of that one yet. One-year contract for Jordan Willis. Don't know the details of that yet. Zach Kerr, big defensive tackle that uh, rolls up around, I think, 330 pounds, which will compete with DJ Jones on the interior. Had a really nice year for the Carolina Panthers last year on a one-year deal. And Jaquaski Tart coming back to San Francisco on, you guessed it, a one-year deal. Deal That is free agency so far for the 49ers. And to be honest, I don't think it could have gone any better. One free agent still looming for the 49ers. And there are some rumors about where he could end up. We'll talk about that next. Get to some of your questions. Talking about some of these pro day numbers and cornerbacks as well. However in depth with repairs you can and would like to get at home with your vehicle, rockauto.com allows you to do so or just the staples the things that everybody needs jumper cables do you not have jumper cables in your car go get some at rockauto.com engine parts brake parts oil whatever you need rockauto.com has it and they have reliably low prices such an amazing selection go to rockauto.com you will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car. Keep your new car running smooth. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We are getting into the enticing eight, in the 2021 Built Bar Bracket. What is your favorite flavor? Go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote. Today's matchup mint brownie versus coconut marshmallow puff. The marshmallow puff getting a lot of heat in this tournament, but uh, I'm going OG. I'm going mint brownie. In fact, mint brownie, not my favorite to win this thing. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed just like I was with the peanut butter flavors. What flavor of Built Bar will reign supreme? Find out at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, which are high in protein, high in fiber, yet low in calorie and low in sugar, while somehow not sacrificing any wonderful taste. 
That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I teased it there in the first segment, and uh, reports now that Richard Sherman, and actually this tweet from my colleague over there at Locked On Seahawks, Corbin Smith, article at SI.com about it, and Richard Sherman said he's open to a reunion with the Seahawks, according to Tom Pelissero. Um And, of course, all that needed to happen for Richard Sherman to get that new contract he probably wanted a while back with the Seattle Seahawks before he became a free agent originally and signed with the Niners. All he had to do was sign with San Francisco, and of course the Seattle Seahawks will suddenly want them back, right? So if that happened, that would be the third 49ers free agent to go to Seattle, and about all the 49ers free agents that they lost would be headed uh, up north there to Seattle. So that would not be surprising at all if the Seahawks ended up signing Richard Sherman. We'll see where he ends up. The market is obviously developing very slowly for Richard Sherman, and I bet he's getting all those one-year contract offers from teams and, and might be holding out for more. He's his own agent, so who knows? We'll see where Richard Sherman ends up. Very likely, though, not with the 49ers. How about this one, though? This is fun. The, those backup quarterbacks really just disappeared quickly, much quicker than I thought they would in free agency. But an interesting name, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. This one from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and a hat tip to the folks over at 49ers Web Zone, who, uh, where I saw this, uh, he, he being Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, said that rumors persist that Jacksonville quarterback Gardner Minshew could be in their plans via the trade and that the 49ers are, quote, up to something at quarterback. And obviously they are up to something at quarterback. They've been connected to a number of different, you know, stopgap, backup-style quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew is a much more interesting name than some of the others we've seen out there. You know, it could be someone who sticks around for a while more than someone like Joe Flacco. And to be honest, excites me more than Andy Dalton. What is the cost, though? Because we're talking about a trade here. I'm not giving up one of the 49ers' second-round picks. If I'm John Lynch and they call and ask for, or you call them and they ask for a second- or third-round pick, even that late Robert Sala comp pick at pick 102, I'm not giving that up for a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew who might just sit on the bench and hold a clipboard all year long. And he is a backup. Like They wouldn't bring in Gardner Minshew because he's, he's pushing Jimmy Garoppolo or he might start over Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking about a day three draft pick here. And if it costs a fifth, the Niners have three fifth rounders. If it costs a fifth or sixth round draft pick, that makes sense to me. If they're asking for more, then I would just say no, and I would go into the draft. And even if you did end up with Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco or Andy Dalton or any of the names, I would have still, that would have not changed my plans in the draft if the right guy's there uh, in any round, really, for the 49ers. They, and, and I think it would be smart for the 49ers just to revamp the entire quarterback room behind Jimmy Garoppolo, let some of these guys fight it out in training camp, but they've already got Josh Johnson. They've already got Josh Rosen. So there's not that much room for more bodies. And so that might be an indicator that the Niners are definitely not looking for an earlier round quarterback in the draft. If they do swing a trade for someone like Gardner Minshew. And if they did again, day two pick too much day three pick, probably about right. Even if they asked for that pick 117, the fourth rounder, I'd probably say no to that. Gardner Minshew, what year was he drafted? He doesn't have that many years left on his rookie contract either, right? So if he does blow it, let's say, let's say they trade for Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, now all of a sudden you're going to have to do the, the Jimmy G thing and pay Gardner Minshew based on a half a season of you know Shanahan's offense. So 
that's another issue here. Let's see. What year was Gardner? It was 2018 that he was drafted, right? Sixth round pick in the 2019 draft. Oh, no. So he does have a couple of years left. So he does still have two years left on his rookie contract. Okay. Maybe the mustache ages him. I thought he was a little bit older. Um, so Gardner Minshew, still two years left. Okay, so that's a little bit better. Two years left on his rookie contract there. He hasn't been terrible. He went 6-6 six and six in his first year as a rookie with the Jaguars, sort of his breakout year, and that's where everyone you know fell in love with him, and he's been over 60%, completed 66% of his passes last year. He won the only game the Jaguars won. That was week one. The Jaguars were undefeated after one week last year, then went 0-15 the rest of the way, so he ended up being 1-7, and ended up getting benched at one point in the season, and he had a 16-5 to touchdown ratio, 37-11 to touchdown ratio, nearly 63% passer in his two-year career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he'll sling it a little bit and take some chances, but he's not, you know, super physically gifted, and he'll um, he'll chuck it up sometimes as well. I'm going to get deeper into the Minshew film if this is actually a serious thing. But just from what I remember watching from Gardner Minshew, he's a fun story. He's a solid backup type quarterback. He's not someone that you're going to hand the job to in any case, I don't think, as that starting quarterback. But he can start a stretch of games for you, as he did with the Jacksonville Jaguar. So he would be a nice fit and would be someone that that could stick around at least for a couple of years and who knows, maybe longer, be a long-term type backup for Kyle Shanahan and would absolutely improve the quarterback room and improve the backup quarterback situation because he's definitely better than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. So yeah, Gardner Minshew, absolutely. The cost though is the question. It's got to be cheap in trade. Otherwise, just go to the draft and try to draft somebody better than Gardner Minshew that can also back up Jimmy G and potentially actually be a long-term starter for you. Oh, and by the way, another personal... You know, it's like contact tracing when it comes to Kyle Shanahan and, and trying to figure out which players he might like. This is a good nugget from Matt Barrows and a reminder that I something I forgot about. Shanahan and the coaching staff worked with Gardner Minshew during the 2019 Senior Bowl week. And remember, they ended up drafting Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd from that roster. Hurd didn't even play that week because he was injured. So Gardner Minshew has worked with Kyle Shanahan. And I remember talking about that at the Senior Bowl, thinking that could be a fit for Kyle Shanahan. And uh, apparently he didn't like him enough to draft him late, but at that time, that was when Shanahan was saying things after that 2018 season when Garoppolo was out with the ACL that he had three starters on his roster talking about Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, so he probably didn't feel like he had a need to draft uh, a quarterback, even if it was a, a sixth-round pick like Gardner Minshew. I want to say this first. You have to take these pro-day workout numbers with a grain of salt. I don't know what the right formula is for what you have to add to some of these times to make them more legit like they would have been if they were all at the combine and doing laser times and everything was done on the same field you know with the same timing and and measurement systems I mean I've never even for normal pro day numbers that were always faster than combine numbers and you always get some weird stuff with pro days even this year more than other years, I feel like we've seen a crazy amount of four twos and four three forty times thrown out there, and it seems like everyone throws a, a four three nine up. And we've seen that with some prospects that potentially the 49ers might be looking at in the draft. And J.C. Horn just had some eye popping numbers. A corner from South Carolina, by the way, South Carolina school that the 49ers like to draft from. J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son. These were his numbers at his pro day. And again, I, you can add a little bit to it, but even if you do, these are still fantastic workout numbers for a player that's definitely going to be in play for the 49ers at pick 12. 
Six feet and three quarters, so just under 6'1", 205 pounds, ran a 4.39 40-yard dash, 41 and a half inch vertical jump, 11 feet, one inch broad jump, which is huge, might be the most impressive number. I didn't do the agility drills, though, so we don't get any three cones or anything like that for J.C. Horn, but uh, Horn's a competitive player. Uh, He's had some really good games on film, Uh, physical He's that, I hate to use the term alpha, it drives me crazy, but it's fitting here. He's that personality, that guy that you, that, that type of personality you're looking for in a first round cornerback, the guy that walks out there and is like, yeah, put me on the best dude and I'm going to get up in his face and press him, you know? So that's the kind of prospect J.C. Horn is, and I think he's absolutely in play for the 49ers at pick 12. I mentioned earlier on in the week how the 49ers almost have to take Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, off their draft board at pick 12, even though I think I liked him a couple weeks ago more than both J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan because he's so athletic and he's so long and and the way he can break on the football. But he didn't play at all in 2020 because he opted out and now had this minor back surgery. And, you know, quote-unquote minor, I don't know how minor any back surgery is for a football player, but if I'm not mistaken, it's the similar surgery to what D. Ford had. And now D. Ford's seeing all these problems from this uh, back injury so you, you can't screw around with injured players if you're the 49ers especially early in the draft so I don't think they can even go down that road with Caleb Farley so it comes down to JC Horn and Patrick Sertan and oh by the way Patrick Sertan had a really good pro day too at Alabama 6'2 208 pounds 32 and a half inch arms JC Horn 33 inch arm length so both of those guys really long arms at corner two which is something the 49ers really like and it's really good for a corner that's trying to bat balls away and get his hands on receivers at the line of scrimmage so very similar size there with those two players 39 inch vertical 10 feet 11 foot or 10 feet 11 inches broad jump and a 4-2 40-yard dash so fantastic workouts for both of those players in this tweeted out by Austin Gale at Pro Football Focus, comparing those workout numbers from those two players, Horn and Sertan, to Jalen Ramsey coming out of college a few years back. 6'1", 209, 33 and a third inch arm length, 41 and a half inch vertical, 11 feet, three inches broad jump, and 4'1", 40-yard dash. So we're talking about J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan's pro day numbers lining up with Jalen Ramsey's combine. Now that's a key difference, pro day versus combine so i'll take that combine number all day over what we saw from these pro day numbers but that's just to show you what category athletically these two players are in and who knows maybe both of them are even gone by the time the 49ers pick a 12 but that just means another prospect will be there for them to take instead and that's the big bonus about where the 49ers are picking at 12 is there's a near guarantee i mean there's basically a guarantee you're going to get an elite level prospect at 12 that 32 teams in the league have a first round grade on and that is a stud prospect whether it's one of the four five if you like five quarterbacks in this class one of those couple of corners uh, you might have your choice of any edge rusher in the draft a couple of offensive tackles a couple of wide receivers Kyle Pitts the tight end right so you start to see where okay you're guaranteed a stud player at 12 and so I think that helps the 49ers to be comfortable with like, look, we can just sit back and take best player available because we know a great player is going to fall to us here. Or that would make that trade destination more enticing if they wanted to move up in the draft. And you're talking to a team that's at picking it six or seven. 
And they're looking at the 49ers pick at 12, thinking, well, we're going to be drafting from the same caliber, the same tier of prospect at 12 as we would be at seven anyway. So it might not take a mountain of a trade offer, and it might give you a huge advantage in a trade-up scenario versus some other teams picking back at 19 or 20 that are trying to get up earlier in a round one because those teams moving back would know that they could still get an elite prospect at 12. Okay, let's come back with your questions finish up this episode of Locked On 49ers Strong. Seeing all the pro day workouts around college football and ridiculously fast times and high jumps from everybody, the, the most four twos and four threes I can ever remember seeing, but these prospects are jockeying for position. Do you think you know where guys are going to get selected? You can bet on such things. Go to betonline.com. AG and find NFL draft props. You can find NFL futures who will win the Super Bowl next year, college football, futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course, March Madness. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and even beyond sports, awards shows, TV shows, reality television, table games, poker, you name it, betonline.com. AG has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Sign up free. Go to betonline.ag or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. To fail your theory on Twitter says, Breaking news, the 49ers have announced they are getting a new mascot. Also, the Seahawks have signed Sourdough Sam to a four-year, $20 million contract. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it's it's getting pretty silly how many players the Seahawks bring in that are former 49ers. There has to be more to it than they just really like those players. Obviously, you know, playing against them, I think you learn a lot about a guy and realize, oh, that guy's really tough to play against. I want him on my side. But I think it's more of like there's some like trying to learn something about your opponent as part of that, there's something else there that's just very strange. To Marcus on Twitter says, Hope all is well now with offensive line practically done and looks great. What about the rest of the O? Jimmy G's injury prone, Keem and Wilson injury prone, Ayuk and Debo injury prone, Kittle injury prone. Don't we need to take in at least a solid third option at receiver? The 49ers definitely need to continue depth, and I don't think even the offensive line is done, as you say there, Marcus. I think they, they could still draft a player or two there, but I I agree, and the 49ers have set themselves up well, where it's like, okay, look, we feel good about all these positions, now we can do what we need to in the draft and, and let the draft fall to us, and we're not forced to do this or that early. So I think that's key with what they did, but I think they'll still be looking at a, a tackle if there's one that falls to the right place to them in the draft, definitely a future center someone that fits that wide zone scheme that Shanahan really likes I could see being a target at some point probably from round three on similar at at right guard uh, you you could draft a guard just about anywhere but round one I would not be shocked so um the 49ers still can do a lot of those things but wide receiver absolutely and at this point I don't know who's there on the free agent market that they would bring in at this point with what players they do still have on the roster I think you just throw numbers at wide receiver and you know draft two day three wide receivers. Draft somebody tall and draft somebody short. Draft somebody who can return kicks, right? Draft a couple of wide receivers. Let those guys all fight it out. Jalen Hurd and Richie James and Trent Sherfield and Juwan Jennings, the seventh rounder from last year that we never saw, and River Craycraft and Austin Prohl. And I think Kevin White's still around somewhere. 
Trent Williams or Trent Taylor still a free agent. Uh, just bring a bunch of wide receivers to camp and say, go for it. Fight. The best ones are going to line up three, four, five. And, you know, someone's got to be able to play special teams, too. So I think that's probably the way to go about it when it comes to wide receiver for the 49ers and just see how many OWs you can filter in there and let those guys fight it out and compete for spots on the roster behind Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. And running back, too. I mean, running back, the level of attrition is crazy at running back. And and I, I mean, five, six, round seven, uh, undrafted free agents, just bringing a couple of guys there and see if you find, uh, you know, the next Raheem Mostert or the next Jeff Wilson, right, or the next Jamichael Hasty, all undrafted players. Just bring in a few more of those and, uh, and have them sitting there on the practice squad ready to go in case somebody gets hurt. Jummit says, are you mentally prepared for when Kyle trades up to pick 32 for Davis Mills? I would not be shocked at all if Kyle Shanahan loved Davis Mills. I would be shocked if they're moving up to grab him. And I, I still feel like round two is a little bit too high for Davis Mills. Um, but I think he could be Kyle Shanahan's, you know, kind of like how he saw C.J. Beathard. He might have thought C.J. Beathard was the next Kirk Cousins. And he might see the same thing in Davis Mills. But I to me, and look, Shanahan does things differently than I usually expect him to do when it comes to the draft. To me, Davis Mills, you don't start looking at him until pick 102, late in the third round. If he's still there, let's have that conversation because there are some traits to like, and, and I think he has a much better shot at being the next Kirk Cousins than C.J. Beathard did. I was not a fan at all of C.J. Beathard coming out of college. I was surprised he got drafted at all, let alone on day two of the draft. So Davis Mills, absolutely, I could see being a Shanahan type. But what's funny is, a lot of times we never know exactly. We think one guy is going to be, I think it was Nathan Peterman in 2017. He was like, oh, this is the Shanahan guy, right? And it ended up being C.J. Beathard after all. Let's go to an email from Barnaby. It says, hey, Brian, you've got the best Niners podcast, and I always appreciate your insight. Appreciate that very much, Barnaby. Should the Pro Day records this year have an asterisk beside them? Hypothetically, the 40-time 40 40 gets beat by, say, four different players. Since the Combine has always been the benchmark for records, uh, but the fact that we're having different people, timing, and each pro day location, different turf, grass conditions. It can all play a major factor and perhaps shaving off a tenth of a second here and there. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Like you're, you're not, and I think some teams probably aren't even looking at the 40 times almost at all for some of these prospects. You, you can't put too much stock into them. You, you couldn't put too much stock before into the combine times. But, you know, if someone comes by tomorrow and is like, hey, I ran 4 2 1. Nah, no, that, that's not. That's definitely not a record. So combine records are combine records, period. And if you want something to be somebody like, hey, this is the record holder for the 40, you got to do it in Indy. You got to do it the combine with everybody else with the laser times and running on the same surface as everybody else. So you you, you got to take all of these reported times with a grain of salt. And I've even seen some times that were unofficial. I think it was actually Davis Mills. He had an unofficial 4, 5, 8, 40 time or something like that. And then the official times came out, and it was like a 4-8 or something like that. And uh, the official times coming from Stanford, I guess. And so I don't know how, how they timed everybody there. But, yeah, the, the, the times, you just, can't, you just can't look too much into them. And even the combine times, you're verifying whatever you see on tape. If a guy runs fast and runs slow on tape, then he's not doesn't play that fast, right? And so I think GPS times will be huge now, getting those actual miles per hour from players on the field. And I already know the 49ers are big into the GPS stuff, and they've referenced it multiple times when it comes to the post-draft. They talked about it with Ayuk. They talked about it with Dre Greenlaw. But if you're seeing crazy times, you got to see that crazy ability on the field too, and you're just confirming what you've already seen. 
Let's finish this up with Dr. Stephen Brule. Love me some Dr. Stephen Brule. How about securing Trent and solidifying the interior offensive line and moving up a few spots for Pitts if he falls to 8 to 10-ish? Better run game, more multiple, huge replacement for Bourne, and it'd be hard for Jimmy to mess up for his last year in red and gold. Last in all caps. Okay, so Dr. Steve Brule wants Jimmy G for one more year and then on his way out, and he wants him thrown to Kittle and Pitts. I have no problem with Kyle Pitts. I'm not trading up for Kyle Pitts, probably, but if he falls to 12, there's a good chance he's the best prospect on the board. And you, you take him and you roll on. Yeah, I have no problem with that. And I think that's the beauty of where the 49ers are drafting. Because if a player that's that good, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to go a lot earlier than people expect. If a player that good is there, j- just draft him and, and go about your business, right? And so whoever is there will also tell you about who's not there. So if, if one of these prospects you don't expect to be there is on the board, that means maybe some other players you didn't expect or were hoping to get there at 12 are already gone. All right, got to go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back next week. More of your questions, more about Pro Days, getting deeper and deeper into the NFL draft. Going to have JT O'Sullivan joining me, I think, next week. I'm not sure the day quite yet. Breaking down college quarterbacks. He does a fantastic job on YouTube at the QB School, and I can't wait to have him on to talk quarterbacks right here. Locked on 49ers.